Hey guys, welcome back to the latest episode of the Exponential Human Podcast. It's been a while since our latest podcast episode, but we are bringing this back. My name is Philip, and this is Daniel, and we are your hosts for the show. Daniel and I are also the founders of Neurotech, a Brisbane-based startup company that develops nootropic supplements um, to support mental wellness and overall cognitive performance. So our mission with this podcast is to expose you to top high-performance thinkers, doers, and creators to help you become an exponential human. We will be interviewing inspiring entrepreneurs, founders, scientists, researchers, and more to share their stories about how to upgrade your life, build great products, and impact humanity. The format of the show going forward will include a monthly founders chat with Daniel and myself for those who want to keep up to date with our business progress and what we're working on, occasional solo casts with myself, as well as new guests every few weeks to go deep into some epic discussions. We'll be covering topics related to health, wellness, technology, human enhancement, biohacking, neuroscience, AI, robotics, space, building companies, and more. Today, Daniel and I are sitting down to chat and reflect on business, our progress so far, and what we're working on. We also want to get you all updated as to what's happened over the past year since our last podcast, now that we are back in action. We also want to delve into a variety of different interesting topics today, including nootropics, mental health, the current state of technology, and more. Uh, Just quickly, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to let you all know that we are providing a discount code to our product, Enhanced Nootropic. If you're watching, you can see it here. Um, you can use the code podcast15 at checkout at neurotech.com.au to get 15% off Enhance, which is our daily brain health and memory supplement. Now, let's get on with the show. Daniel, what's going on? Thanks for the intro, Phil. Um, I mean, as you as you said, a lot of things have been going on. So it's been a while since we did one of these podcasts, but things have changed and we've gone through a few interesting turns, just learning things about business and just having situations happen to us based on just the industry and based on everything's happening in the world at the moment it's been an interesting year but yeah we'll jump into the details in a second and and fill you in yeah we definitely fell off the bandwagon a bit with the podcast there was a lot of things that went well things that went not so well last year with the business and yeah we picked a hell of an industry to get into with all the regulations and all the problems you have to navigate and sort of try build traction on top of that which is interesting but yeah let's get right into some sort of business chat let's go right back to the beginning for people who haven't been keeping up to date or know what we're all about let's go all the way back to how neurotech started and what we were really trying to do what problem we were trying to solve in the beginning um, versus what we're doing now so yeah for those who don't know we started neurotech way back in 2017 during our last semester of uni and really what we were trying to do then is provide like a natural sustainable alternative to Modafinil and all the smart drugs that uni students were using. Yes, yeah. I mean it was it was a massive thing that we got into when we were at uni as well. So using these things and just looking for some kind of edge to study better, remember things a bit better, and actually just balance our lives as well, so you could work hard and get everything done in a certain period, and then also have more time to do other things outside. But then we soon realised that it wasn't as simple as you take this and you feel amazing and then you go back to normal. It was more. You take modafinil or Ritalin or whatever it was, and you have, say, an increase to like 150% of what you would normally be at in terms of alertness and ability to learn and things. Mm. And then the next day would be like a crash. So you drop down to 50%. So you really weren't making that much progress. You were just kind of like over-revving your brain and your body and then dealing with it the next day and the consequences. And you could even extend that further, which we did in terms of multiple days of taking like modafinil and, and like overworking our bodies and then the crash is even more. So like it, what we were looking to do is increase it to like a steady 120% of, of, of what you could do compared to your baseline. And that's that was the premise of us developing the first products. And that was an interesting journey, but there's a, there's been a lot of changes since then, hey? Yeah. Yeah, I think also initially we may have made a mistake in that the market we were trying to go for. It was like an ideal. We wanted to create like a replacement that the students wanted. But at the same time, if you think about it, students don't really have that much money. Yeah, And they would take something that's powerful because they want to feel it. Yeah. So it's like, well, we trying to solve a problem that was already solved better, but we thought we had a better solution. But, you know, that, and that's a theme which is recurring for like what we've been through and what a lot of companies go through is trying to build a product which people don't actually want or doesn't solve a need because there's already something out there. Yeah, and like we were trying to solve a need for a market that didn't realize it had a problem. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they, you have to sort of educate them that there's a problem or like convince them, which is probably not ideal. Mm. So that's something we've definitely struggled with. We've throughout this whole journey, I think trying to create demand for, for something new, which people don't quite understand rather than tapping into existing demand. So that's, yeah, been a hell of a journey to try and navigate. And that's the biggest reason why most startup companies fail. And that's something they drill into you at every startup school or accelerator program. They're like, make sure you're building something people actually want. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't been... build a thing until you know people actually want or need the product. And we've done that. And, and I mean, realistically, we've had two points where we could have said, yeah, we've done the same thing and we, we call it, but then we just reevaluated and gone, we're still interested in this niche. This is something that actually is valuable to us and other people. We just need to learn how to do it better. We need to learn how to do the business side of it better. Like the industry is right. Our business knowledge and the way we were doing it wasn't right. And that was what we needed to learn, which is what we've been focusing on over the last year, really. Yeah. Yeah. So initially, as I said, we were focusing just on sort of students and creating something for them. But now, since learning about the space, nootropics, the brain in general, and where the future is heading, we've sort of expanded our reach to sort of be a company which provides solutions to a variety of brain issues which we think are super important so like brain long-term brain health Mm -hmm. preventing cognitive decline as we age as well as supporting things like mental health you know stress anxiety depression as well as providing solutions for sleep and brain performance for workers corporates Mm -hmm. people who need to use their brain each day to their full capacity so we've sort of expanded now and we're trying to create products to target each of those needs because they're all super important now and going to be more so in the future as well yeah and no, i really think that the brain health and the fundamentals of the brain function performance that's something that's really overlooked like you can you can give someone like a, a boost that's going to take them to the next level but realistically if you're not getting all the basics so like your, your nutrients and your minerals and all the things to help your brain actually utilize the other things you're going to get so much less out of these amazing nootropics and products out there so i think that's something that's overlooked and something that we are we are we're creating products to help people with. We want to merge them both because people need to have the basis in order, but they also want to have the effects of all these additional things, yeah. but they go hand in hand and you're going to get so much more out of managing and optimizing both than just doing one over the other. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let's let's go over sort of what's happened in the past year. Um, so about a year ago, exactly, actually, we launched, launched our latest product, Enhanced Nootropic, which is a capsule-based product for brain, long-term brain health memory, essentially, mm-hmm. and also supports focus. Um, yeah, we were doing quite well to begin with, building traction, building our subscribers for a few months there. But then just COVID hit, manufacturing issues led to us running out of stock, I think, two or three times in a row. Yeah, I mean, some of that was on us for not anticipating and planning fine up ahead, but a lot of it was unforeseen things like, we normally be able, we're able to get one of the ingredients in three weeks and then it was a six-week wait and the manufacturers got ingredients they normally could get straight in, got stuck at customs and things like that. So there were a lot of different things that made it difficult to get anything manufactured. Yeah. So, yeah, the combination of like the manufacturing issues, the COVID delays and just cash flow problems in general um, led to us yeah running out of stock a few times and really crashing our momentum and our traction Mm. which is not what you want you don't really want to be able to run our stock because yeah it just destroys all momentum so Mm. that's something we had to deal with um and then as well on top of that new tga regulations came out was it late last year i think it's like september or october maybe yeah basically stating um yeah new tga regulations basically stating that all sports supplements have to either be a medicine, properly regulated as a medicine or a food. Mm-hmm. Because there was, there was always weird middle ground for supplements where you could sort of fit them in and no one really knew what was going on. But they said pretty much, no, anything that's in a capsule has to now be a medicine and listed with the TGA going forward. Yeah. Um, and everything powder has to be a food and you can't contain certain ingredients yeah. and which you can't is, make certain claims. Which is fair enough because there's a lot of dodgy people in this space who are just putting whatever in it and going yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a food it's not it's not illegal so they, I, I see why they've done it it does make it a bit difficult for us and we just have to adjust to it which is what we're doing yeah yeah so since that we've we've found a new manufacturer and we're actually currently reformulating enhance to be a powder and we're bringing out two new powdered products as well so boost and calm boost for focus energy mood calm for anti-stress and sleep 
and yeah, we're excited. We're in the process of formulating samples, mm-hmm. so we're going to test the flavor systems, test the ingredients. Um, flavor on- profiles are ready. We just need the one ingredient we're waiting on. Yeah, we're waiting on a few key ingredients, and then we're going to start testing them with our customers and yeah. hopefully release pre-orders pretty pretty soon. Yeah. So that'll be exciting, and I'm keen. Powders are good in that you can fit. Um, high dosages and high volume of ingredients, but then you have to make it taste good, make it soluble yeah. in water and all that. There's benefits in terms of what you can put in and the quality of that, but there's also factors such as use use case, like a capsule is easier to take, powders are a standalone thing, but you also get the flavor if you can do it well, it's a benefit. It's You can toss it and turn it how you want, but powders are the direction that we, we are moving forward in, just we believe that it's the better one to go with. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So that's exciting. But for now, we still have about 200 units left of enhanced nootropic in the capsule form mm-hmm. which we're selling through and um yeah recently launched bundle packs so we're selling packs of two and three for a discount mm-hmm. and we've still got our subscription going which just is just awesome value we've partnered with five different health and wellness companies it's just when you subscribe to enhance you also get really good discounts on their products and another one we've brought on recently so if you guys are watching, is Advanced CBD as a subscription partner. So if you subscribe to Enhance, you also get 15% off CBD. We're really big on this because, yeah, CBD regulations are loosening up a bit in Australia. It's finally coming in. And we believe it can be of benefit to a lot of people out there. So, Yeah. The science there to back it is really just a case of the regulations catching up to make it feasible and, and, and usable here in Australia, which is it's going to happen. There's almost no doubt about it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, we're keen to keep partnering and with other really cool brands that we align with and believe and believe in in terms of boosting health and wellness and in particular boosting brain health. But um, yeah, look, I think that's everything over the past year. Just starting to build up our traction again slowly, get that momentum going mm-hmm. and really just gear up for the launch of these new products and get into as many hands as possible because we think, yeah, people are really going to love the new products just in terms of having that immediate effect where they feel something. That's a problem we had with Enhance because they were mainly long-term brain health ingredients. They didn't really have any sort of immediate stimulant-like effect. Yeah, it's like taking a multivitamin. You know that it's good for you. The science is there. The backing is there. It is going to be good for you, but you don't feel it. You do it because you understand the value it's providing you, which is a like a second-order consequence or a second-order result, which yeah. is how I like to refer to it as. And that's a much harder thing for people who aren't, already very much into the health and the supplements and doing things for this and already aware of that to wrap their head around it and, and just be able to justify on an ongoing basis yeah exactly right yeah that's a probably the biggest problem we had is just educating people that look this is a long-term brain health and memory product you're not going to get an immediate stimulant boost so don't expect it but people people want it they want to be able to feel things and you can't blame them so yeah. next products they're going to be pretty potent and I'm excited to see how people feel using them and see how it helps people's lives. Um, let's dive into, because I know we've gone over like the issues we've had building a business and a startup and what we wish we knew. So I'd, I'd like to you know, give our listeners some lessons that we've learned um, that we would carry on to new ventures moving forward and advice for anyone else starting a new business because I think that would be super useful. Um. Yeah, for us, I think it comes down to three main things which we did. We probably made it super hard for ourselves trying to build this company. Hardest way possible. Yeah, definitely. So not only did we try to build a company whilst maintaining full-time jobs, which is difficult enough, but very little startup capital to begin with and also in an industry that we knew nothing about, which, Yeah. (sighs) yeah, setting yourself up like that makes it extremely difficult. So... Personally, I would recommend anyone starting a new company try get on it full time as soon as possible. Yeah, or at least if you can go like three quarters on or something and work part time, something we have a considerable amount of, t- of time. Because one of the biggest things for us is even if you look at it from, all right, I have 12 hours a week to do stuff. But when you look at those hours, they're generally after you've worked a full day. So you're not in your, your prime state of mind anyway. So you're not at the the peak of what you'd be able to produce if you were doing it full time and you also just have to balance the things you're doing and you have much less leeway in terms of what you do 
being the highest leverage thing. You have to be much better at identifying that as soon as possible and then continuously actioning it, which is essentially the art of building a business. You just have much less time to play with that and figure it out. Yeah, I agree. And I would also, rather than trying to create new demand, which is sort of what we were trying to do, try to see if you can tap into existing demand and fulfill a want or a need that you know exists and prove that demand before you build anything. Yeah. yeah. Once you once you have an established customer base and things and you have the the business and the cash and the products and the people, when you can start to educate them about the potential of a new kind of way of looking at a new product, you're going to have much more success there. You're going to have much more much more time, much more money to do that, make mistakes, learn, which is what it's going to take and the slow build of, of building a new thing in a new kind of area in the industry. Yeah. And uh, yeah, another thing is once you've learned, so the first thing I would do is find an existing demand, find a problem that you can solve and fulfill a certain want or need. Then try to build a unique product, um, something which isn't already out there because you don't want to be in a marketplace similar because the supplement space is very, very crowded. There's a lot of people already providing solutions. So what can you do that's different and unique? And I would then, yeah, either get funding or join an accelerator program to build out the thing. Once you know it's solving a problem, it's a unique product which no one has built before. Then you need to learn the skills of the business side, which is a different ball game to understanding the product and getting it understanding and knowing what the product is and then making it happen and doing all the marketing and the, the back end stuff is a completely different set of skills yeah that's right so that's a matter of you'll learn you'll get a lot of help if you were to go through like an accelerator program yeah but yeah surround yourself with the right people get mentors and advisors something which we didn't really initially do but now we are getting on top of that yeah so we have the, the two advisors that we brought in recently and that's been eye-opening in that the things they know that we should know or they yeah. think we should know that we didn't. Yeah. Especially has been really, really impactful and useful in the way we look at and design and think about like the product and the development and the marketing and everything, the packaging. Yeah, especially if you're like us going into an industry which you know nothing about, you need to find people in that industry who've done it and who've helped companies or supported companies in some way and get them on board as advisors, get them on board as mentors, whether that's free, paid or giving them a bit of equity to start with. And most people in that that position understand where we're coming from and are more than willing to help, like mostly. You'll find some that aren't, but there'll be more than enough people you can find who have the right knowledge who will be able to help you and willing to do so. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, another thing I would suggest is be quick to market, but then adapt based on customers' wants, needs, and feedback. Quickly. Adapt quickly. Yeah, adapt very quickly because you're competing with everyone else. Everyone's trying to create something new to solve that problem or want. So the quicker you can get to market, put something out there, even if you're not super, super excited about it or it doesn't look great or whatever, that's that's all they say. Get it out there, get feedback and iterate from there. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, uh, this is something that we have spent time longer than I'd like to admit, just going back and forth trying to make the perfect yeah. thing, the perfect product, perfect ingredients from the perfect companies and branded things. And when realistically, what is going to be the tangible difference in someone whether they have this ingredient from this brand or this slight variation of it from a different one that we can get instead of wasting six weeks trying to get that other one we really should have put together the product with the ingredients and everything that was 80 percent of there and then when we could upgrade it to a better version do so it's better to have it out there and providing value and then making it better and better and better instead of never getting it out there because it's not perfect yeah, look, I can dob myself in. That's a massive issue I've had, especially <laughs> with just the formulation, the ingredient side of things. I'm just like spending so long meticulously finding these really unique ingredients. You're down the rabbit hole, mate. Yeah, I'm just like, wait, wait, we just need to make it relatively good and basic, take it out there, and then iterate based on feedback and what people want. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's the startup life dilemma, but... Hopefully, hopefully some of these tips can help anyone out there who wants to build a company. Um, another thing which I think is huge, which we've stuffed up so many times, is setting deadlines so you have a goal to work towards and you're not continuously moving these deadlines or these goalposts forward we've done and that. spending essentially what could be months, years of your life and not making progress. 
Yeah, yeah. I know we've done that at least twice. We had major dead deadlines and, and milestones and things that we didn't hit for certain reasons and then almost just found a way to justify it to ourselves. Like there were legitimate factors at play that influenced it. But the fact that we so easily move the milestones is, is probably something we should have looked at more, probably something we, we shall look at more and just figure out how to stop doing that in the future so we have milestones that are meaningful to us and we can stick to. Yeah, that's right. And I think in our case, because we're so passionate about what we're trying to do, we're almost like... We're invested. Yeah, we're very invested and married to the idea and the business that we want it to work. So when it's not working, we're like, no, we're going to let it go longer so we can make it work. And that's not always a bad thing, but I think on some level, you need to separate yourself from the business and not be married to this idea because what that can do as well is what we found is like you tie it to your self-worth as well. Like whether or not the business does well or or poorly, it seriously affects how you feel about yourself, which is, yeah, it's a rough ride. Yeah. And we've seen that like when we ran out of stock and we didn't have anything we could, we could sell and we were waiting on stuff, which was essentially out of our control. We were both (laughs) really down for the couple of weeks until we got it back. And then as soon as we got it back and we're selling again, we're like, yes, we're making progress, which is realistically the most unhelpful way of looking at it because what we should have done is removed it and gone, all right, awesome, this is happening. What can we do in the meantime to put ourselves in a better position? What can we do to grow the parts that are going to make the difference once we get the stock, once this other roadblock disappears? And that would be so much easier if we weren't so emotionally invested in it. This mm. is, it's an ongoing battle. Though. You need to be invested so you have the, the, the fucks to give, really. To do yeah. It. Yeah, no, I agree. It's that's something which, yeah, we're constantly working on. Um, another thing I was I would suggest going into a completely separate industry is really really difficult. I would use whatever existing networking strengths you have um, to build a company, and don't try brute force something the hard way. Like a lot of the best companies we know in this space and other spaces, they've used their existing networks. Whether that's knowing a bunch of influencers help promote your product whether that's knowing a bunch of stores to get your product stocked in Mm. things like that work to your strengths so you can actually have the best chance of building a successful and sustainable business yeah and that gets kind of hard if you're really passionate about something but you're not part of the industry i mean what i think we should have done is gone into the industry a little broader than just trying to look at new tropics companies and started to make contacts with other companies because the fundamentals of the supplement industry like how to manufacture how to talk to businesses and companies to stock it and things are relatively the same but we were so narrow like minded looking at nootropics that we didn't really consider that and we didn't go out of our way to meet these people as much as we should have we did with some but we definitely could have done that better and probably learned more knowledge earlier and avoided some mistakes yeah yeah i totally agree with that we definitely yeah, we tried to pick a niche, a very niche thing, and go after that and just had blindfolders onto everything else. But, yeah, anyways, I think that's pretty good in terms of just general advice I'd give to anyone and things we've thought about and reflected on that we're going to implement for any future ventures or for Neurotech going forward just to make smarter decisions around. Let's dive into... I want to cover generally a bit about what nootropics exactly are because there are a lot of people which still don't really understand what they are mm. and a lot of people think they're smart drugs like modafinil and ritalin which is fair enough a lot of people who go into nootropics come from the background of using smart drugs like modafinil i mean we did yeah exactly so they don't really know what the difference is is there a difference and yeah i want to break that down a little bit so um Smart drugs are essentially pharmaceutical drugs typically prescribed to people with different brain issues such as ADHD or narcolepsy. And a lot of students use these smart drugs to sort of enhance their cognitive performance and there is research to suggest that they can on some level, but most people prescribe them to help with these disorders. So some of the most notable smart drugs out there, modafinil, Ritalin, Adderall. They work in slightly different ways, but pretty similar. So Ritalin and Adderall are NDRIs, so norepinephrine norepinephrine dopamine reuptake inhibitors. So they inhibit the reuptake of norepinephrine dopamine into neurons. This increases the levels 
of these neurotransmitters in the synaptic cleft, right? This is typically used to treat ADD and narcolepsy. So it literally just increases the concentration of dopamine and norepinephrine. Which sounds like a good thing, but is not necessarily a good thing. So dopamine is the, the drive molecule. Yeah. So increasing that, obviously, the assumption is it will give you more drive and you'll focus on what you want. But the caveat with that is that if you aren't particularly super engaged with what you're doing, it's very, very hard to stay on track. You're, you're going to pursue what you want to pursue instead. So it may not be beneficial for you to be taking it if you're studying something that's not that interesting or just trying to get through an exam that you don't particularly like or just trying to do work that you don't particularly like. That's, for me, that's where I realized it wasn't helping. Like you'd take it and then you just get so off track because what you wanted to do wasn't that meaningful to you. Yeah, that is, that's interesting. That's something that I found as well where you just go down a rabbit hole of looking at other things and you have to be careful when using these potent, potent stimulants and drugs. But yeah, they work quite well for people who have these issues like ADD and narcolepsy. Obviously, that's what they're designed for and built for to treat these issues. But they can improve cognitive performance in healthy people. So I have here um, a 2015 review found that therapeutic doses of Adderall and methylphenidate, which is Ritalin, result in modest improvements in cognition, including working memory, episodic memory, and inhibitory control in normal healthy adults. Yeah, it's easy to see why students love these things, but... They feel good. Yeah, they feel good and they make you focused and alert and they can work. Mm. Um, another really popular one, which we're seeing more and more of, is the use of modafinil. So modafinil acts as an atypical selective and weak dopamine reuptake inhibitor. So this, once again, leads to an increase in extracellular dopamine. And it also may activate the release of orexin neuropeptides. So these are peptides which regulate arousal, wakefulness, and appetite in the human body and histamine, which may lead to heightened arousal. So a lot of people know sometimes if you take potent antihistamines, it can make you pretty tired and fatigued. So histamine actually helps regulate wakefulness as well. Um, And the most common type of narcolepsy is due to a lack of orexin in the brain, this neuropeptide. So, yeah, modafinil works through a variety of mechanisms. There's still a lot which is unknown about it, but primarily increasing dopamine, orexin, and histamine. Yeah, it's, it's more of a wakefulness one than a focusing and energy one. It is, it is. And yeah, it. Yeah, you can pretty much sit there and study a topic all day. And you just won't sleep. <laughs> yeah, and because this acts on appetite as well, it destroys your appetite. You're just super alert. And then, yeah, you struggle to sleep, which is always a fun time. And don't eat for three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which could be good. I don't know. Could be good. But. Yeah, that's a bit of a rundown into like the most common smart drugs. That's how people, most people introduced to this world of cognitive enhancement. But what we found is, you know, these are potent drugs. They should be used for what they're prescribed for. And they have some utility, except they're not really sustainable solutions because they create these dramatic changes in your brain's neurochemistry. And there's always a rebound or a come down effect. And mm-hmm. You know, that can look like <clears throat> after using modafinil for like a few weeks straight, you can sleep for days and yeah, just completely destroys you and fatigues you. So that's why we personally and a lot of people look to more natural compounds to boost and support their cognitive health, their cognitive performance um, in ways that doesn't involve using these smart drugs. So that's where the whole world of like natural nootropics comes in and something which is what our entire business is based on. And I want to give a few examples of what these look like. So they can be botanicals, plant extracts, plant compounds. Um, They can be providing nutrients to fix um, nutrient deficiencies, Um, omega-3s, vitamins, minerals, things of of that nature. Um, A good example is, so as I said, Modafinil, Ritalin, Adderall, they work to increase, straight up increase dopamine concentrations in certain parts of the brain. Uh, Whereas if you were to take a natural supplement, for example, L-tyrosine. So L-tyrosine is an amino acid. It's actually a precursor or a building block to dopamine. So supplementing with it isn't necessarily going to outright increase your dopamine like it does in these smart drugs, but it'll give your body what it needs to produce it if it needs it. Yeah, and then that can be tied in with behavioral practices and things which can actually get more benefit from it. So learning how to activate your dopamine system by attaching value to what you're doing and attaching meaning to 
like the way you're doing it well and doing the correct actions and then it'll just let you work for longer at a higher level yeah exactly right it's sort of this balance of doing these implementing these lifestyle strategies these behaviors as well as taking the adequate nutrition supplementation to really support your brain rather than trying to override it using these external drugs and we're not saying you can't do that but we're saying that's not sustainable and you can't always do that um and yeah, there's a whole bunch of other examples of interesting nootropics. Um, one which is super popular, Bacopa monieri. It's like a key hero ingredient in Enhance. So that's a, a herb, a plant. Works through a variety of different mechanisms. It works as an antioxidant. It works to increase blood flow to the brain. It works to increase concentrations of um, acetylcholine. Acts as an acetylcholine esterase inhibitor. And acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter, which is essentially messenger molecule it helps with uh, muscular control it also helps in supporting memory and learning yeah. and yeah it actually provides benefits in terms of memory improving memory and brain health over periods of long periods of time six to twelve weeks a lot of the studies are shown on and there are a lot of studies on some of these especially bacopa a lot of studies showing that in healthy and unhealthy and older and even just normal age people that there are statistically significant changes in their ability to form memories recall memories it 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 works on that way but it's a long-term thing it's not a short term you won't just take it and feel it it'll grow and adapt and physically help you change in the right way over time yeah exactly right so yeah we hope that gives you guys a bit of a background it's the differences between smart drugs and natural nootropics we see them as two separate categories they both have utility Nootropics are definitely more sustainable in the long term, something you can take almost daily, and they won't just, you know, stimulate you in the short term and give you that boost. Mm. But, yeah. Um, Another thing I want to quickly mention is this whole myth of, like, people seem to believe that we own these 10% of our brains. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to quickly address that. That's not the case. You use all of your brain pretty much all the time. Different areas might be slightly more stimulated. During different times. Yeah. Thinking about certain things. During different periods. Like that's why. Yeah, but it's not like we have 90% left that needs to be unlocked and that we can unlock somehow. That's not not the case. We wish it was. A lot of people get that from the movie Limitless. Mm. But yeah, it's a bit of a myth, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's one of the ones that I've heard a few people talk about in terms of like the psychedelics as well. It's like, oh, but if you... There's that classic study of the psilocybin, which creates more cross-linkages between the, the different parts of the brain. Everyone's like, oh, it helps you unlock more of your brain. Well, it's like, not really. It's just making different connections. Yes, it's more activated, but that's not necessarily meaning that you're going to perform better. You'll just perform differently. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we'll, yeah, we'll definitely want to dive a bit deeper into psychedelics in a second. Um, but yeah, that's a bit of a background for nootropics and smart drugs. So we wanted to give you guys help you learn a bit more do your research it's a fascinating space cognitive enhancement it's just getting started but there's a lot of interesting stuff happening um let's go over sort of some things we've been experimenting with recently because you know obviously us being in this space we like mm. experimenting with different substances different technologies different biohacks as they call it so yeah what have you been have you been doing anything interesting lately experimenting with anything interesting well, the last, over the last couple of months, I've been kind of diving more into the like the fundamentals and quantifying things, so like diet and how like blood sugar and things affect it, and then getting blood tests done and hormones and all this. So I got a continuous glucose monitor a couple of months ago. I'm not diabetic at all. I just wanted to track how eating different foods affected my my mood, my energy, my focus, my sleep levels. And I got some interesting information out of that. I mean, for me, the most meaningful thing was that I actually needed to eat carbs later at night if I wanted to not wake up in the middle of the night. Days where I didn't have many carbs at night, I would wake up like way more in the night and just have worse quality sleep. So that was something that kind of counterintuitive to what you hear, which is eat early and then have like three or four hours of of, time to digest it before you sleep. For me, that was being detrimental. So I've adjusted my, my schedule a bit more from that and just using, using the aura to track it. It's been, it's been notably better. I can see on days where I don't, do that that it, it has an impact and i just I, my, I feel a bit 
dumber the next day. I didn't yeah. sleep as well, so I feel a bit dulled down. And when you get it right, or when I start to get it right, it's it's a noticeable uptake after probably two days in in energy. And more so for me, it was the motivation. So I was much more optimistic about what I was doing was the right thing to do instead of second guessing, which is strange. Like I would I would not tie that to energy, but it's 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 definitely related to having the better quality sleep. Which is really cool. Like, I don't know if you've looked into this space or you're going to give it a go. Yeah, no, they're fascinating insights. Um, yeah, look, I haven't looked too much into CGM and monitoring blood sugar levels, but I do find it interesting. But also, I hate needles, so I don't know how I'd go with... <laughs> needle. It's like a little... It's like a plastic, um, flat, like, cable thing. That's so weird. It's a spring-loaded needle. You put it on your arm, it goes... We barely feel it. Yeah. Come on, mate. Yeah, I'm probably just being a wuss. Yeah, you're being a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you've been, yeah, you got some blood test results. You've been monitoring your blood sugar levels. Yeah, that was an interesting one. So I, I particularly wanted to just get a baseline because I haven't got any blood tests where I've got the results and been able to analyze and use them. So I got the blood test, which was hormones and liver, kidney, triglycerides, things like that, like all the cholesterols. And I got that back. So most of it was within range which is which is useful what i'm trying to do is try and find what the optimal ranges would be because the the lab ranges are based on the general population as we all know general population probably isn't optimal they're not the healthiest and we're living like the most obese time in the world so it's just not chronic and not causing immediate problems but that's something that i'm working on but what i did realize and what i have adjusted from that was when I got my, my testosterone results, so testosterone was a little, was, was on like the, the borderline low, so was LH and FSH, which are like precursor molecules and hormones to help stimulate the production of testosterone. So that's something I've been looking at. So I've changed up my routine to start taking more vitamin D. So I was, I was getting in the sun, but not consistently. So yeah. I've taken that along with all the other basics, so magnesium, zinc, and I was, I'm, I'm looking into and will be testing a another drug which is used clomid clomiphene citrate which is used to boost up testosterone for testosterone replacement but you can use it in low levels for this because it works by blocking the estrogen activity or the feedback loop on the pituitary gland which which increases the lh and fsh which goes down to the testes and increases your testosterone on like a natural feedback loop so that's something that i'm going to test for two months and then go get some more bloods done and see how that works but i'm excited to see how it goes I and mean, it's, it's an interesting one a lot of people get a lot of benefit from it yeah when you told me about using clomid i thought that's pretty interesting because that's mainly used for pct or post-cycle therapy after steroid cycles that's how p- most people know about it but yeah it's a a serm so a selective estrogen receptor modulator as you said it binds to your estrogen receptors yeah and stops estrogen from having its effect so that's that's cool it'll be interesting to see if that actually boosts your test I think it will, but the thing that I'm not sure will hinder the difference is the, the ratios between estrogen and testosterone. So if I'm increasing the testosterone, obviously it's going to convert to estrogen. So maybe it won't have any net benefit. It'll just be higher levels of them and they'll have the same ratios. I think it's the ratios that are something that needs to be measured as well. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah, I think a central theme for us is like getting data about mm. how your body works. <laughs> yeah, you can sit there and be like, oh, I feel all right. Or, you can do a lot with intuition and just feeling your way through it, but it's like going into a dark room and feeling around for things. Like You'll find them, but it's not going to be as quick as turning on the light and be like, oh, there it is. Like yeah. this, this, That's the benefit of data in my view. Yeah, and the, the way everything's going, it's like wearables are exploding we're, we're getting more data and tracking pretty much how everything works which i find is fascinating we'll be able to congregate that data put it together and learn mm. a lot about how our bodies operate on a personal level which is super interesting um yeah another thing which you've been experimenting with recently bromantane oh yeah bromantane yeah that was an interesting one so i've recently run an experiment where i've stopped taking caffeine as well to see how I feel after that yeah and like something that I was using to to measure the the effect to see if it was better or worse than caffeine was bromantine so bromantine is I'm not sure of the exact mechanism mechanisms of it but it's an anti-anxiety stimulating like molecule so you take it and it gives you some energy but it doesn't give you the jitters and it doesn't give you the raising of your heart rate and things like that 
and release of cortisol like caffeine does so it's supposed to be more calming one if if you're like me and you're a bit sensitive to caffeine that's why i gave it a go because i always drink coffee and then i get alert but i also get like sweaty and a little bit anxious so this is something that for me has worked really well like i've been i've been testing it and it's it's given me almost the same effect as like a weak coffee but much longer lasting without the anxiety or like the, the sweating kind of stuff so it's it, it's good I, I would highly recommend giving it a go yeah so bromantine it does, yeah, it's definitely in the nootropics enthusiasts and biohacking circles. There's a whole bunch of experimental compounds and peptides, mm. which people don't really know of. So, like, yeah, Bromantane, I think, is one of them. C-Max, C-Lank, BPC-157, mm. 9-MEBC, which you can get from overseas, which, yeah, have these really interesting effects, but they're sort of in the very experimental stage. So, it's people, people who are treating themselves like lab rats like to get on it sort of like us. Yeah, but just, over the, over the, the couple of years where people have to test it and it gets more more research and proper studies on it, I I think some of these will become more commonplace once they get the safety profile, once they get the like the efficacy that it actually works, they'll become more commonplace, and that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, a lot of them are currently studied similar to drugs in terms of fixing some sort of condition. So a lot of them are looking at repairing damage from like traumatic brain injuries and things like that. Mm. And yeah, but it turns out. They can also have therapeutic benefits for healthy people who are just trying to <laughs> improve, go from healthy and baseline to improved cognitive performance. But like that's like a whole other conversation as well. What is healthy? Like you get these, like I was talking about with the labs, you get the labs done and you're within range. Okay, awesome. But is that like optimal? Yeah. Like is that where you want to be? Like you're not in a range where they can predict that you will get sick, but that doesn't mean that you're in a range where you're likely to be healthier in the long run than other people like that's that's the thing like where are the optimal ranges and i know there's a lot of work going on in this space but i'm i wanted to accelerate there's, there's there's so much more that we can learn from there's so much more that can be shared yeah yeah the path the journey towards optimization like never really ends there's like there's so much you can do mm. but um yeah stuff that i've been experimenting with i guess I, i'm mainly in the wearable space right now so i've got my aura ring as do you recently got the apple watch which I thought it would be annoying and distracting, but like after having it, I'm obsessed with it. I love it. And it, I use it pr- pretty much just to track all of my workouts, my calories, and just have that to sort of know where I'm at. That would be useful. I yeah. don't want it for messages or anything though. That would be distracting. Itself. Yeah, the messages and notifications, that's the only thing, but it's, it's, it's actually not too bad. You can turn them off though. Yeah. And I recently just got a Muse headband, which is type of consumer EEG mm-hmm. um, so pretty popular this one it's actually really cool it's used specifically to help you meditate so for those who don't know what EEG is it's technology technology called electroencephalogram so basically a few electrodes put on your head and it's meant to pick up and read the electrical activity of your brain so it looks at the frequency at which groups of neurons are firing and based on that you can infer you know whether you're in a calm state or an excited state and they use these ridiculous headsets in research and clinical settings to help like diagnose and treat disorders. But you can get these pretty good looking ones just for consumers, just to help you with things like your meditation or neurofeedback. So learning how to get into these certain brainwave states. And what it feels like and what you, what you need to do yes. to, do, to get there. Because otherwise you're just kind of running blind. You're like, I think I'm meditating well, but are you in the alpha brainwave region? Like that's, that's what you saw. How, what have you found? Yeah. So it, it's super interesting. So with the muse, it's basically it takes you through a guided meditation and what it does is it plays sounds based on the activity of your brain. So if you're in sort of your beta waves, your high activity state that you're normally in, then there's like, um, really heavy rain. And then as you calm down into like a calm state, it like stops the rain. You can hear like birds chirping and stuff like that. So that's a form of neurofeedback using audio where, you know, you're listening to audio and it's telling you what state your brain is in. And that way you can train yourself to get into these better brainwave states, like the alpha wave frequency, which is associated with like calm meditative states and creative states. So yeah, neurofeedback is super interesting. I'm still early, early days. So you may have like a week or something. I mean. Yeah. I've only used it a handful of times, but I think it'll be good. An issue I foresee with them though is especially with like the Muse and the consumer EGs is there's so much noise 
for example, you have to be sitting extremely still, eyes closed, you can't move at all. Like even just the action of um, blinking or moving at all or breathing can affect the readings, which is... Yeah, because it's electrical activity through the muscles. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, they do a lot of work to obviously get rid of these, they call them artifacts or or noise in the signal to give you the true signal. But yeah, I think that's going to be an ongoing issue. And that's why you've got like these crazy um, EEG headsets that they use in research with like a bunch of electrodes all over your head because it gives you a better reading and it's able to block out the noise a bit better. Mm. So, but yeah, I'm pretty big on EEG in general. So I'm keen to keep using that and see. You'll have to give us an update when you've done it for a couple of weeks and, and see whether it's it's actually had a remarkable like, change to your, your general state and if you can use those skills. Yeah, I think people who are generally like high stress, high anxiety, I think neurofeedback and learning how to calm your nervous system down is probably a good thing always. But yeah, besides that, that's, I've been doing too much. I've been experimenting with CBD as well, actually. Yeah. How's that going? So this advanced CBD that we've partnered with, um, I need to take it more frequently, but I've been having a half a mil to a mil every now and again with my chamomile tea. And it definitely has like some sort of calming effect. What does your aura say? Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. I'm yet to actually measure it with aura ring, but that's probably going to be a good experiment I could run. For sure. To see if it's actually helping improve my sleep because that would probably be super useful. But in terms of the current studies and literature on CBD, um, it seems to be really, really good for people um, with epilepsy for like anti-seizure effects. That mm-hmm. seems to be what's most notable for. It can also act as like an anti-inflammatory and it's used for pain management yeah. as well as chronic pain at higher doses. But they're really high doses for pain, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but they, they seem to be the best indications for like what CB, CBD can help with. And then it seems to have a separate effect of being able to re- reduce anxiety and stress. And I think that's because it actually binds to serotonin receptors, among other things. The whole endocannabinoid system is, is fascinating. I think there's going to be so much more research that comes out of that. Now there's so much interest in the area from CBD and yeah. like legalization of um, weed and things like that. Yeah, so as we said, the regulations for CBD is opening up in Australia slowly. Uh, TJ has allowed CBD to be sold over the counter in pharmacies when prepared in a certain way and when listed. But yeah, there's a lot of people using it and they should, especially for those conditions because there are people which suffer with like chronic pain um, and inflammation and that can actually seriously help or, yeah, with seizures. Like there's, there's a lot of benefit to it. But even if you want to continue using it, the, the, the test of using it could help you identify that you probably are too stressed out. If this is helping you, the relaxation, the antioxidants, anti-inflammatory stuff, maybe that's something you should look into with other means as well if you, if you don't or can't keep using the CBD. It's a, it's a good way to try and identify and learn about your own body. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any other things you've been experimenting with that you want to chat about? Um, I'm doing another biome test soon. So I did one probably oh, yeah. 18 months ago and mm. that got, that gave me a lot of useful information, but I know that it's like an ever changing game. So I, I've ordered another one in now. They're finally shipped to Australia again and I'm going to give that a go. So I've, I've actually held off on doing the test for a week just because I, I was sick and then my diet had been out of whack over Easter and things. So I want to get an accurate result. So I'm going to wait until it settles back into a normal rhythm, then do the test. And I'm hoping that that will again, identify certain areas so for me i'm very much looking at the foundations of what i'm doing at the moment so getting the right nutrients getting the right types of and balance and ratio of of macronutrients and then seeing if there's any practices foods or things i'm doing which are are causing negative effects i want to remove those instead of adding more things i'm trying to look at what i'm doing wrong and try and simplify it and remove those things so i'm hoping that's what i'll get from it yeah that's that's awesome yeah viam are exploding right now and once again it comes back to they're just giving you a way to get more data yeah. about what your body is actually doing and then providing personalized solutions for nutrition and supplements. And the more data they get, the better the recommendations get because they get a higher sample size. So that's what's exciting as well. Yeah, exactly. And whatever AI algorithm they have going on in the background actually learns over time and gets better to give you better solutions. So that's, yeah, that's epic. I'd, yeah, I'd love to get on. I need to get on to Viome. And Do it. I want to get my genome sequence as well. Yeah, when that comes down in price and the use and value of it increases, yeah. I think that's the thing at the moment. There's a lot of companies that seem to be able to give you information, but the accuracy of the genome sequencing is the thing. So you can do the the short sequences, which aren't as accurate, and then you can get information from that. 
or you can do the full genome, which is very expensive and supposedly more accurate. Yeah. And now the technology and the the body of knowledge is easy to speed up and catch up so we can learn stuff from it. Yeah, exactly. And just the amount of recommendations they can make based on the research is limited, but it's definitely growing. Hmm. So that, yeah, it's something to keep on top of. I reckon that's such a cool space. Definitely getting that done when it's, when it's worthwhile. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, speaking of that, I want to dive into sort of the world and the current state of technology and where things are going. Cause I've been, yeah, recently I've actually been, for some reason I found myself watching a lot of like old um, Steve Jobs documentaries on YouTube, just going down the rabbit hole. Hmm. And it just makes you think like I watched a video, a documentary of him, I think from 1981, where it was like this 26 year old CEO of Apple, you know, super intelligent, super articulate. And I just found it hilarious. The interviewer asked him, like, oh, do you really think that computers are going to be in every single home and mm-hmm. stuff like that? And they're just like talking about this and debating it. And you look at like where the world has come now 40 years later and it's like, that seems like such an absurd question. Like it's so obvious now that computers are in everything. In every home, there's like 10 computers now, not one. Yeah, there's computers like on my wrist. On this table, we have two computers. We have your watch. We have two aura rings. We have two phones. Yeah. So that just blew me away, just how quickly things are accelerating with technology. Yeah, it's 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 a it's an awesome thing to look back and then see, and that wasn't even that long ago, really. Yeah, forty years is like nothing in the grand scheme of things. It's like a cosmic blip. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, and there's been a lot of crazy things happening. So one I wanted to talk about is the recent Neuralink Neuralink announcement. So the um, brain-computer interface company run by Elon Musk. And they've been working a lot in the background of the past few years. And there was a video which came out recently with where they showed a monkey playing Pong using its brain. That's pretty cool. That's some sci-fi stuff, that is. Yeah. So that was crazy. So it's gone from a pig sniffing and then measuring the neurons to now allowing a monkey to play Pong in like the space of six months. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. So... The way they did it is basically they got this monkey to play a very simple game with a joystick. And if if it moved the joystick in the right way, it would get like a banana smoothie from like this tube. So it knew it was doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, while it was playing this game, it obviously had the chip in there recording the data so it could correlate, you know, this movement is correct to the banana smoothie type thing. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, after they collected all this data... Um, when they disconnected the joystick, the computer could then predict where the monkey was going to move its hand and show it on the screen. Wait, so the monkey was still moving its hand? No, afterwards... Well, the monkey... They still... They disconnected the joystick. The monkey was still moving it out of habit, but it didn't need to. Ah. Yeah. Are they going to take it a step further and get the monkey to stop using its hand? Well, the monkey did stop using its hand. That's what I mean. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, the, the... Well, they can't. I mean, they could force the monkey to stop using its hand, but... Yeah, it doesn't matter because as long as they disconnect the joystick, then the yeah, it was actually playing a game using its mind, which is pretty yeah, crazy. Which is really cool. Yeah. But was it aware that it was not using its hand? No. <laughs> That's the next step. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah. So I, yeah, announcements like that just make you take a step back and realize like how crazy things are becoming and how things are changing just exponentially in the world of technology and what we're going to be able to do. Yeah, and like I know it doesn't feel like it sometimes because you're living in a day-to-day thing and, oh, no new, new technology came out today. Yeah. But the amount of stuff that comes out over the course of like a year or five years is ridiculous. Like we didn't have aura rings or volume kits or any of this stuff a couple of years ago. And yeah. now, it's, now it's here. Now it's like a massively accelerating industry. Yeah, it's insane. So 40 years ago, they didn't know if we were going to have computers in every room. And 40 years later, we're literally putting computers in our brains. <laughs> <laughs> like it's crazy. Take away the room, put it in your brain. Yeah, it's insane. Um, yeah, I just wanted to cover that quickly. I thought that was fascinating. For people who haven't seen that video, just YouTube, Neuralink, monkey playing Pong. <laughs> That's so cool. It's such a cool video. Um, I want to also talk about mental health. Mm. Um, it's such a huge issue. And I think as... It's weird as like technology is progressing and as we're becoming more advanced, there seems to be like a 
almost proportional increase in sort of like mental health issues yeah like there's there's a lot of like potential reasons for that like my my personal views are that it's we're essentially a a monkey that's been evolved to live in 50,000 bc in little hunter-gatherer tribes and yeah now living in these digital worlds where everything is very like different like it's good the amazing stuff that we have but it's not meeting for the large part it's, it's very easy to get caught up in the new technology and things and not take care of like the monkey not take care of the basics and i think at least in looking on my life that's where i know that i've caused myself some unnecessary like mental health things and that's where i've had the most benefit is from going back to almost basics and be like okay spend time with people go outside don't look at other people's lives when you don't need to on social media like just the basics yeah yeah, I'm glad it's mental health is coming to the forefront. People are learning more about it and learning how to manage it because it's such, such a huge issue. And it's something we want to tackle through our company, obviously provide some sort of nutritional support for mental health. But obviously, there's so many facets to it. Um, so, yeah, I've been focusing a lot on building like a really solid daily routine for my mental health specifically. So I wanted to talk about that quickly. Just a few things that, you know, you could people could look at implementing in their lives so after i get from home from work every night i do like a little video reflection like a vlog you've been doing that for years haven't you? yeah i've been doing that for like the past three years and it's cool to actually look back on all the videos of myself and how i've progressed over the past few years but yeah instead of like physically journaling and writing out my day i just do a video and i talk about my day i find it's a good way to just get all my ideas out and all my stresses out for the day um then after that i do my meditation so I was using the app Headspace, which is like a 10-minute guided meditation until recently because I got the Muse, so I just do it through the Muse app now. But yeah, I think meditating is probably the number one thing you can do for your mental health. Get outside your brain a bit, calm that mind down from all the activity that you, <laughs> that's been going on throughout the day. Yeah. And then a thing I've added recently as well is something which a lot of people have been doing is sort of like gratitude journaling because for me it's like, when you think about it, it's like, I probably spend a lot of my day just thinking negatively about myself for no reason. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's very easy to do that because it's like the defensive, oh, I'm preventing negative things from happening instead of being thankful for the good stuff. Yeah, it's human nature and biology to be thinking about negative things all the time and it's perpetuated in media and stuff all the time. Yeah. Because it's what gets our attention. But yeah, gratitude journaling is just a good way to sort of, you know, write down what, what are you grateful for that day? Like what is actually positive in your life? Yeah, and I found, like, I've been doing it probably not as consistently as I should do, but yeah. whenever I do it, I'm like, oh, I have these realizations of these small things that I'm grateful for. It's like, oh, someone was nice to me and, like, came in, like, gave me a coffee or something. Just even just small things that you'd be like, oh, thanks. But if you really think about it, like, that's actually a really nice act. And they went and thought about that and did that, and you're grateful for it. Exactly. And after, like, after a few days or a few weeks of actually consistently doing this practice, you notice, like, little things in your day, you, you find things to be grateful for. Yeah. So, for example, like waking up at 5 a.m. for gym and driving to gym and seeing like the sunrise, I'm like, holy yeah, crap, nice. like this is so good. Like life is good. You know what I mean? And I think just the fact that it puts you in that state of like looking for things to be positive about is just such a good thing. I think so. But I think that the gratitude part of it can extend outside of a journal. Like I've actually planted a bunch of plants over the last couple of months or month or so. Yeah. And I find that really relaxing and almost like a gratitude practice when you go out and you're like oh it's growing water and like take care of it and shit and then you feel good and you're like oh it's it's progressing like that is really calming for me yeah that would be therapeutic in its own way and that's what i mean like people can find their own routines or activities to support because i think that probably does like good for your mental health hmm. so i think just finding ways to incorporate these little routines into your day especially if you're someone which is high stress high anxiety or suffers from depression just find behaviors habits that you can add to your routine um yeah and speaking of like nootropics and nutrition which can support mental health there's there's a bunch of different things you can look at which i think are very interesting and are on the rise like ingredients like adaptogens Mm. which are super popular right now so adaptogens help your body modulate sort of the stress response yeah so like cortisol and like a few other ones yeah so they can act on cortisol to help you just manage your stress response response a bit better you've got compounds like l-theanine which can help increase increase alpha brain waves support GABA calm you down a bit but then there's also ingredients um which can support things like serotonin for those you know we can't say that you should use this instead of like antidepressants but saffron for example is a spice 
which actually acts as a serotonin reuptake inhibitor and an ex- antioxidant um, and actually can help with depression. This, there's a few studies showing that that equal in some cases to antidepressants, which is crazy. So mm. things like that, um, I think are interesting to look at. Kana is another one, which acts as a serotonin reuptake inhibitor and PDE4 inhibitor. Um, bunch of different herbs, yeah, that can support mood, well-being, reduce stress that you should look into. Yeah, and the thing is, like, that's why we're interested. That's why I'm interested in the space is that you can do these other things, like your, your practice we were talking about, but you can take it to the next level and make it even more beneficial and like help modulate your yourself into a better state of mind, a better life, really, for whatever you're doing by using these other compounds as well as the other things. It's like the next level. Yeah, exactly right. So it's crazy, man. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of mental health issues, especially in Australia, a lot of suicide. I actually. I don't want to go into details, but I had a friend recently who committed suicide. And the sad thing is that's pretty common here. Um, Especially among younger generations. Yeah, it young seems, men. yeah, it seems to be young men, youth in general in Australia and probably in the Western world in general. And it just got me thinking a lot about like the idea and potential of something like psychedelics for people who are in that state as sort of as a last resort because you've got to imagine like what were those people thinking in the last few days or the last few weeks leading up to that decision like what are their thoughts like that that is terrifying to be in that state yeah it's absolutely terrifying like you couldn't imagine what that person is putting themselves through and just they must be cycling these same thoughts over and over again so it's like what if there was the option to treat this using something like a psychedelic like giving yourself some sort of mystical experience or causing massive neurogenesis and rewiring your brain so that you think differently and you could even potentially, you know, stop someone from committing suicide or stop someone from being depressed. Yeah, it's like it's like another tool in the arsenal. I mean, if you're getting to the point where you're finding it hard to do these other external factors that you know are going to make the, make the difference, you can use compounds like psychedelics to kind of put you through a, a forced way of looking at it, a forced way of dealing with it. Yeah. So this is, yeah, psychedelics is something me and you are pretty huge on. We're really excited to see the space grow. There's a bunch of clinical trials going on in Australia and globally right now to look at using psychedelics to treat um, issues like depression, PTSD, people on the verge of committing suicide, and obviously done in a clinical setting with yeah. a clinician with proper dosages and everything. But yeah, I think... I think you even posted there was a research, a clinical trial which happened and it showed that was like equivalent to like an antidepressant. Yeah, they were trialing psilocybin uh, against an antidepressant. I forget the name of it. Yeah. And like that was what the study was doing, seeing if it was equivalent, seeing if it could be matched against it yeah. in terms of effectiveness. Yeah, so super exciting early days. I'm keen to see the research unfold. I'm, I know we're both keen personally to contribute to psychedelic research in some mm. way, whether it's helping fund it, supporting it or you know, building companies in the space in the future because we're huge on, I think they're going to be a revolution in mental health medicine. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, rather than being on antidepressants for your whole life and giving you these massive side effects and not actually addressing the root issue, I think psychedelics have a lot of potential there to sort of be, you know, a treatment which you use fairly infrequently to give you this experience and help your brain actually change yeah but the, the thing with antidepressants is they were never designed to fix it they were designed to manage the symptoms until you could fix it elsewhere and yes. change the things in your life or do the things like have these experiences and then you can start to like change your mindset out of it and you wouldn't need this like the yeah, antidepressants anymore they weren't designed to be a permanent thing yeah that's it's correct almost like a, it's almost like a um a very deep and hard hole to get out of in the current state of like of the world without having access to tools like this yeah yeah, so I think, yeah, mental health, people who are interested in mental health, um, definitely just keep up with the space of like psychedelic research that's happening in Australia because it's, it's super exciting and it's going to, I think, help people, help a lot of people improve their lives. Oh, it already has. And like when they start to roll it out, or if, when they do the research and if they figure it out, then yeah, it's going to be a massive industry. Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, I think we might leave it at that for today. We've covered a lot of different topics, giving you guys some updates of the business, what's been happening, what we're doing now, coming out with our two, well, reformulating hands, coming out with the two new products in powder versions to support brain health. 
yeah, and great we'll performance. Have, we'll have updates on those very shortly, which is exciting. Yeah, very shortly. If you're a customer of ours, you're going to be in our Facebook, private Facebook group. If not, you should join. That's where we're going to be sampling out all our new products um, and getting feedback and iterating until we release them. So, yeah, I think that was good chat. Um, we will be getting guests on on the podcast in a variety of different fields. We're looking at talking to entrepreneurs, scientists and researchers, going over a whole bunch of topics, different technologies, nootropics, nutrition, mental health, how to improve your life, how to build cool businesses that impact people. Mm-hmm. It's obviously what we're trying to do, something we're super passionate about. So stay tuned for the next episode. And yeah, let's leave it at that. Yeah, yeah thanks for listening and keep listening because we'll have way more cool stories to share and information. Yeah, that's right. Keep up to date. Follow us on Spotify. We'll be posting on Spotify and YouTube and probably other platforms, but they'll be our two main platforms. All the big podcast things, Google Podcasts, all of them, they will just get distributed. Yeah, Apple Podcasts, we're on all of them. So just search The Exponential Human. Share us around. It'll help a lot. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on YouTube. And yeah, look forward to catching up next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.